Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, this week we will be discussing, since I just got back from Comic-Con, uh, we're going to be doing a rehash of a lot of the stuff that I saw. And, and Mike, I know you had a lot of stuff that you were looking at online and, and videos that you were liking, so we'll probably discuss some of that too. <laughs> There's way too much stuff. Like yeah. I said last week or a couple of weeks ago when we did the pre-show for San Diego Comic-Con, if I was to craft a convention, it would be the most like the things that I most am interested in to see at a convention like I love San Diego Comic-Con. I love all the exclusives and all the, you know, the news leaks and the news breaks and everything else that comes out of it, but oh my god, it it is just way too massive, and there, there's just so much to – if you look at it this way, you break it down into several topics. You, comics, movies, TV, music, um, video games, not really a lot of video games, but like uh, you know, movies, TV, and comics are pretty much what you – know, and toys are pretty much the four that kind of come out of Comic-Con, and it's like, oh my god, there's too much – News. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, with that, with with regards to the comics, I kind of want to use that and that and the exclusives as a bit of a segue here into some some actually rather sad news that I got while I was there Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke with Chuck Rosansky, who happens to be the owner of Mile High Comics. Nice, nice man. He is. Oh God, I wish, I wish there was some way I could really help him out even more. Uh, but. Mile High Comics announced that they will not be returning to Comic-Con for 2015. And this is a huge blow to the industry. Uh, Mile High has been there. They've been a staple. Them and Bud Plant Comics or Bud Plant Books have been basically kitty cornered to each other at the con since 1991, from what I can remember. And they've, they've had booths there, and it's just been this huge thing. And what Chuck was telling me was that they were getting screwed by DC, Image, Marvel, all these different booths that were setting up exclusive-only stuff. And what was happening was they didn't want to sell to the comics retailers. They wanted to sell their own. They wanted to do direct marketing and sell their direct comics for their own, their own exclusives. They weren't giving any of the smaller comic book companies or smaller comic book stores a chance to sell. And what was See, happening- you know, I didn't even think that I didn't even think that smaller like I didn't even think comic shops in themselves went to like, I know it's Comic Con, and in the name you think, oh well, of course comic shops are going to go to this thing. But I honestly never even thought about that because I just always assumed it was, you know, DC doing their exclusives, Marvel doing that. Like I didn't even realize that there were actual, you know, everyday comic shops there. Yeah, there there are actually quite a few. Uh, especially what you what I started to see with the dynamic, the way things were going with on the floor this year, was that there the Current comics retailers are basically kind of getting sucked in and just closing up. The smaller comics retailers, basically the only ones for current stuff that were selling anything, and really not even that much, were the ones who showed up with trade paperbacks. And they still had tons and tons of stuff by Saturday, by uh, Sunday. So people weren't buying them because they were standing in line at the Mattel booth. They were standing in line at the Hasbro booth. They were standing in line at Marvel and DC to try and buy all the exclusives that they could so they could turn around and sell them out on eBay. 
See, that's that's like if you're gonna sit there and you know, you know, say I'm gonna go to the Hasbro and the Marvel and the DC and the I and the IDW and the Image, you know, all all the, if I'm gonna go and stand in all these lines, it's because I want something that they have. It's not because I want to sit there and buy a million of each item to go sell on friggin' e. That's that's scalper crap, and that that pisses me off. Yeah, and unfortunately, that was the big thing that you were seeing this year. Uh, that sucks. It it really was a shame. I mean, I. You know, I I really wish to I really wish I could hope to see Chuck back there next year, but he took a ten thousand dollar loss to come oh out and work. God. Yeah, and that hurt him. He said that he he had the same volume, he he had the same traffic coming through in Denver, at Denver Comic Con a few weeks back, and he said that that was much much more profitable than San Diego was. And this is a real shame. This is an end of an era, folks. I. I it, it hurts me so much to hear this. And well, see, that's you know that's what I was saying earlier. You know these smaller cons like C two E two and and Comic Con uh, New York Comic Con or you know Salt Lake. Oh God, that was other. Did you hear the news about Salt Lake Comic Con? No, you didn't hear this. Oh my God, they um, <laughs> San Diego gave them a cease a cease and desist letter. <laughs> to using the phrase comic con comic dash con wow um, i'll see if i can find it go ahead and talk more about um about chuck here yeah i mean it, I it just it was really a shame i mean i mean you know i almost i almost started crying when he was telling me this because it was just like i've bought comics from mile high every year that i've gone there it's been i've showed up i've given them money you know i've given them my hard-earned money and part of it was just because I knew what was going on with Chuck. I knew how he was around, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that he showed up in, uh, he showed up in comic book, the movie he shows, he, he is, he has actually become something of a star by showing up in all these comic book documentaries and comic con documentaries. And now to not have this major icon showing up anymore, it's going to be, it, it just says all this really is is pop culture. It's not anything to do with comics anymore. It's about the movies. It's about the TV shows. Comics have nothing to do with this other than, oh, look, we're doing a comic book movie for the Avengers 2 or, you know, the new Superman versus Batman movie. So it, it was really disappointing to see it. I, I I don't know. This is this to me is like, do I I almost want to say, do I want to go next year? That's how much this is this is killing me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. It's pretty bad. Um, and this whole thing with uh, well, I'm trying to find it on my wall here. Um, it was a story that Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, SDCC, is challenging any convention that you, like. N- n- any convention that they are not doing, any convention that isn't in the wizard world, whatever the hell it is, right. they're challenging and saying that they copyright and own the term comic-con. And it's it's friggin' crazy. I'm still oh, trying that's... to find this story here. Um, well, some other stories that I'll I'll talk about that came that came out of Comic-Con. Uh Saturday, there was a zombie walk downtown, and basically, what's happened? And this is this is something they've been doing for about the last five years or so. Uh, they've had a bunch of people that get together, 
and they dress up as zombies and they walk, they walk a certain section of street. And it's just, it's a fun thing. You see these people getting decked out, little kids all the way up to, you know, older folks, grandparents and everything. And they're just strolling around on the street there. And they do this whole, you know, limping along and uh, type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a lot of fun. People go out, they take pictures, they videotape. Well, this year, unfortunately, uh, a man was hit. A man and an older lady were hit while they were out there doing the zombie walk. For some stupid reason, I don't know why, but they did not close off. They did not officially close off the section of street where the zombie walk was going on. And what happened was that everybody walked across the street here and they were going through and this guy was frustrated. He'd been waiting for 15 minutes to try and get through and he just decided that he was going to plow right through the people. Wow. Now, supposedly, the story behind this is that the guy was deaf. He didn't hear everybody shouting at him, and the people were getting really rowdy and, and riotous. They were they were supposed to be, like, trying to rock the car and tip the car over, supposedly. I don't buy it. I honestly don't buy it, because there's too many people out there with cameras that were videotaping this whole thing. Mm. You know, surely you saw this mass of people that were coming. You know, the one thing that did bug me was that if it was supposed to be the zombie walk and they knew it. They've had stuff going on for the zombie walk for months before this. Yeah. Why didn't the city close off the street? And that's, you know, they should have known. They should have said, okay, you cannot go down the street here at this time. There were so many other things in that area that were shut off. Anyway, fifth Avenue, you couldn't drive down fifth Avenue, which is basically leading right up to the convention center itself. Right. And they had blocked that off. Uh, They did have a few vehicles that were traveling from there. Uh, mainly from the Hard Rock Hotel as they were coming around from the Hard Rock Hotel to pick up a lot of the celebrities that were staying there and bring them to the convention center itself. So I understand that. And that was pretty much, okay, we know that these people are coming through, let them through and and just get them over there. But anybody else, you know, they really shouldn't have had public public through fare on the the roads there. If they wanted to shut it down, they knew that there was going to be 130,000 people down there in the convention center area. Right. Why do you keep it? You know, why do you have it open? Bottom this, line. this, I don't take place in the zombie walk or any, anything like that. I, I wouldn't, even if I was able to go to San Diego, but stories like this and stories like what I'm about to bring up here in a moment are exactly why I don't want to go just because I don't want to deal with the hassle of having to get all this stuff lined up beforehand. And, you know, when you go to any convention, you, you always make a plan. But the fact that San Diego seems like the worst place to plan for um, is just one of those things. So this came out a couple of days ago, or a few, a few days. Uh, I don't know when you're putting this up, but it came out July 27th uh, from the Associated Press. Uh, comic book convention organizers clash over name. I'm actually going to read this article word for word for, for a few sentences here. Organizers of two of the biggest comic book conventions in the country are clashing over their names. A lawyer for San Diego Comic-Con has issued a cease and desist letter to organizers of Utah's Salt Lake Comic-Con, demanding them to drop Comic-Con from their name. Attendees, exhibitors, and fans using seeing the use of Comic-Con in connection with your convention will incorrectly assume that your convention is in some way affiliated with the San Diego Convention. Reads the letter dated Friday. San Diego holds the nation's biggest comic book convention, and we already know that, while Salt Lake hosts the third biggest one. Organizers say that the events feature the best in movies, television shows, gaming, sci-fi, etc., etc. 
The letter further states that the San Diego organizers own the trademark for the use of Comic-Con and are aware of multiple instances where individuals believed in two gatherings were affiliated because of the name. Uh, the letter notes a car was used to promote the Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake Convention around the site of this year's San Diego Comic-Con. The car featured the Salt Lake Comic-Con name and dates. Your use of the car is clearly intended to confuse Comic-Con attendees, exhibitors, and fans, the letter states. Um, the letter calls for a response by Salt Lake City organizers by August 6th. Uh, Salt Lake Comic-Con co-founder Dan Farr called the demand baseless. He says, quote, We're puzzled why Salt Lake Comic-Con was apparently singled out amongst other hundreds of Comic-Cons around the country and the world. Farr said in a statement, We intend to vigorously defend ourselves from this frivolous action. San Diego Comic-Con tried and failed to trademark... Okay, they tried and failed to trademark Comic-Con in 1995, said Brian Brandenburg, co-founder of the Utah Convention. Um, so like Comic-Con set a record for the biggest turnout for the new comic book convention last year with an estimated 72,000 people. Like, seriously, San Diego has gotten so big they have to resort to crap like this? Really? Seriously? Yeah, yeah this... Again, another heartbreaking point. I, I, I love Comic Con. I don't get me wrong. Right. I, I really do. I enjoy it. This is my thing that I do every year. I've been doing it for twenty three years. I plan to do it for as long as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it, it's not what it was. And I, I God, I hate saying that. It's not <laughs> what it was twenty years ago. In in the nineties, it has changed. There are wall to wall people on the floors. Uh, you know, then again, to, to quote my mother on this, what, did you expect that you were going to go and nobody else was going to be there, that it was going to be just you? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. see, here, here's the thing. I don't see how, if they wrote out Salt Lake Comic Con, or Salt Lake City Comic Con, SLCCC, um, you know, what, you know... Uh, how if they wrote that out on, on on the side of the car or the van or whatever it was, how is that confusing people at San Diego when they clear? I mean, I know, I know for a fact that nearly I'd say probably seventy thousand people or however many people that go to Comic Con, I know they're all not all stupid. So if someone sees a sign on a van that says Salt Lake Comic Con, are they is are the, are the organizers of SDCC really going to sit here and try to tell me that people will be confused? About which, like, oh my god, like, that story just really made me mad, because it's like, really, seriously, because of SDCC, we have New York Comic Con, we have C2E2, we have uh, Wizard World Philly, we have, you know, Comic Con here, Comic Con, there are Comic Cons all over the country, and yeah. everyone, everyone knows that San Diego is the biggest one of them all, and everyone, even my mother knows about and my mom is not up on you know geeky stuff nowadays oh yeah even my mom knows about san diego comic con and it's like i just don't it's just a huge dick move on their part to try to you know sit there and trademark a, a term for their convention only i i get where san diego's coming from to a point i'm gonna say this <laughs> uh <laughs> There are, there have been confusions with, because I, walking around up there, I had people, I was talking with people that were from, that came from New York. They went to New York Comic Con at the Javits Center. Yeah. You know, they knew what it was like. 
And there is a confusion. Some people were like, oh, well, isn't it associated with San Diego Comic-Con? No. Mm. Well, but it says Comic-Con. No, unfortunately, it's not. It's a completely separate thing. That's, you know, New York Comic-Con is kind of the East Coast version of what we've got here. Mm-hmm. And it's good, but it's not the same as Comic-Con. I mean, what we've got, everything here for Comic-Con, you've got the the main things, the main ones that are associated with Comic-Con, for anybody who's interested in this. You have San Diego Comic-Con International, or CCI as they call it. Uh, you may see the initials SDCC. You have WonderCon. And WonderCon used to be in San Francisco up until two years ago when they decided to move it to Anaheim. Part of that was due to the Moscone Center not having enough room, not having availability in the area, and hotels that were wanting to jack the price up and screw everybody over. Mm -hmm. So they moved it to Anaheim. Guess what? People are happy in Anaheim now with it. (laughs) Uh, They also have the Alternative Press Expo, or APE. APE, I've never been. That's supposedly also in San Francisco area. Uh, I, I don't know much about it other than it's a very small convention. It's not anything near the scale of what WonderCon and San Diego Comic-Con are. It's mm-hmm. Now, WonderCon takes place at the Anaheim Convention Center. I, I went for two years, missed the last year, and it was it was okay. It's it's not. I mean, there's there's it's still crowded because what happens is you get everybody who can't get into Comic Con, so San Diego Comic Con, that goes to WonderCon. Right. So you still have a lot of people up there, and you still have movies and stuff that come in. They still have panels and stuff that go on there, but it's a smaller feel. You know, it, it's it's nice. It's just it's completely different. But you do see Comic Con logos all over the place there with it. I think when it comes down to things like the Salt Lake Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con, they're banking on that Comic-Con name to try and bring people in. I get that. But Comic-Con, you know, Comic-Con International, San Diego Comic-Con wants to be known as the Comic-Con. It's not like, you know, Disneyland. You know, people know what Disneyland is, but you don't want to have somebody else coming up and saying, well, we're like Disneyland, we have rides like Disneyland, and using the name erroneously, so... Uh, with that in mind, (laughs) let me get off of that so we can kind of talk about some of the things that I did run across there at Comic-Con and and videos that you saw, Mike, as well, because let's face it, there were, there were people that they say that you're not supposed to record any of the things that show up on screens. People do, unfortunately, um, stuff, you know, shit gets out five minutes after it's aired on you, you know, it gets on the YouTube. So... (laughs) Surprise, yeah. surprise, folks. Uh, well, DC acted pretty quickly when that got out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DC and Warner Brothers was like, snapped their fingers and it all disappeared. Yeah. Same thing was happening with Marvel. Um, any of the Marvel stuff, it has been kind of killed. So you're not really seeing that. But. Yeah. I didn't. I wanted to actually go to some of these panels, but let's. I, I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, the Hall H, which is the largest hall, has mm-hmm. 6,500 seats. Unless you got there first thing in the morning, you were fucked. <laughs> there was because people just camped out. They they wanted to see stuff at 6 p.m., so they sat out. They sat inside the hall all day long. They didn't get up to go to the bathroom. You know, I mean, if they did, they went to the bathrooms in the hall. It was just, it was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely and, ridiculous. And this is another reason why I never want to go. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> all that said, I did see some really great panels. I did, uh, I did get a chance to go see the TV Land panel where I saw Captain Kirk, a.k.a. You know, William Shatner. I saw William Shatner. I saw Donald Faison, uh, who many of you may remember from the movie Clueless and the TV show Scrubs. And yep. then, of course, Betty White, the incomparable Betty White, who was absolutely hilarious. And I'll, I'll put some clips in here so you guys can hear Betty White going off. Uh, she and Bill were bantering back and forth a little bit about uh, the zoo and Blackfish, which was kind of odd because they're going off on this stuff. Betty White is a huge, huge animal lover. And so for the two of them to kind of go off back and forth and Bill kind of took one stance and Betty was very, very diplomatic in it. And I'll play that for you guys so you can hear that. Mike, you, I know you were looking at some of the stuff. What did you see that was interesting to you? Um, I was hoping to see more of it, um, but um, the uh, there was a comic panel for DC Digital um, where Kyle Higgins and several of the other digital creators were on the panel, and Kyle was talking about the current uh, arc, uh, 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 Mark of the Phantasm on Batman Beyond 2.0, where the Phantasm returns to the Batman Beyond universe. Um, he didn't really, like, he said on Twitter that he was going to talk the hell out of the arc, but I went to comicbookresources.com and their coverage, not saying anything against their coverage, I'm just saying their coverage didn't, like, 
I don't know if it was that Kyle just didn't say anything more about it. He kind of just said it. The, the stuff I saw, basically what I already knew. Um, um, but, you know, there was that. Um, there was the uh, the Comic-Con cinematic game trailer, uh, the, the, the cinematic opening for Angry Birds Transformers. Yes. <laughs> and, that was awesome. Oh, man. I, I almost, I really tried. I was actually going to get you a shirt that had... Yeah. The, they had the logo, the Transformers logo with the Optimus Prime, with yeah. the Autobots logo with the Angry Birds in it instead. But yeah. when when I went to go buy it, they were all sold out. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw that. Um, I, I don't want to. I've, I've brought uh, one, one of our shows on, on Geek History Network called Altered Geek. Uh, they kind of center around Steve loves talking about Batman because he loves Batman. And a lot of their episodes in the year that that show has been online, we, we've been talking about this, what in my personal opinion is a bunch of crap for, I, I always say the BS that is B versus S, um, because it's, okay, up until now we hadn't seen anything other than what Affleck is going to look like in the suit, other than the Batmobile, we hadn't seen word one from Wonder Woman we got to see the costume. It's okay. I mean, it, it, it's, I don't dislike it. it. It's in line with the Nolan verse type of dark style that, you know, you kind of saw in man of steel cause Nolan was producer on that one. Um, well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause the main consensus that I was hearing from people was that they were pissed off because it wasn't the blue and red that you typically it see for Wonder Woman. It, it, it wasn't Linda Carter's outfit, yeah. Right. Um, you know, it, the bat suit that Batman had in Batman Begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises wasn't the bat suit that, you know, Batman had in Batman the Animated Series or the bat suit that Adam West had in this, you know, it changes right. and evolves. It depends on the filmmaker's style is what it depends on. Um, you well, know, and here was the, here is what I was hearing from a lot of people out on the floor was that they were going, it looks like Xena's outfit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to kill this right now with this Xena, <laughs> Amazon princess, wonder woman, princess Diana of the Amazons. Amazons. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, now that you say that, I, don't get me wrong, uh, Gail, whatever her last guy, gay dot, guy dot, I don't know how to say her last name, the chick from Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. Um, the one that's playing Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, she looks all right as Wonder Woman, but honestly, did you see, I'm trying to think, did, have you ever seen uh, Justice League New Frontier? No, not yet. The, the animated movie? Okay. In Justice League of New Frontier, the animated movie, they have Lucy Lawless voicing Wonder Woman. I know <laughs> I know Lucy Lawless is old right now, but holy crap, can you imagine if they got Lucy Lawless to do the suit that that they premiered at Comic-Con this year? Um, we saw a brief trailer, a Comic-Con teaser, if you will. It's basically uh, Batman and his light-up eyes against Superman and his light-up eyes. Um, that was kind of cool. Uh, I, I just, at this point, I'm still looking forward to Batman versus Superman. I still think we don't need that before we get a Man of Steel 2 because I think it, it, it it's it's more important to me 
that Clark face the consequences of what happened in Man of Steel first before. And I know they're 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 angling towards Justice League and all this and all that. But oh yeah, um, I, you know I'm I'm happy we finally saw somewhat of a trailer. But I, I don't know if it was a whole clip or a half of a clip, but. Did Snyder bring all three of them on stage just to bring them on stage and then said, oh, okay, we got to go back to filming the movie. Bye. That's like, pretty much exactly what happened. Seriously? They couldn't. Yeah. See, this is what, this is what kind of makes me like, I know the movie is what a year out, two years out, whatever, however they, it, it's still a, a while till we're going to get this damn movie. And I know they don't want to give too much away, but I would have loved for them to actually sit down for Ben to actually open his mouth and talk about, you know, being another superhero because after daredevil, he said, I am never wearing tights ever again. He hated, he hated wearing the daredevil suit. Um, So I would love to hear Ben Affleck talk about becoming Bruce Wayne, Batman and, and his decision to accept that job. I'm not saying that I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I would dislike, I'm very optimistic and and interested in seeing what Ben does with the role because let's face it, outside of Christian Bale, the last one we had was friggin' Dr. What's his name from ER, friggin' George Clooney. So, you know. um, And I think that's, that's part of the line that people are really walking very carefully with on this because uh they don't want to have, I don't think Zack Snyder wants to become Joel Schumacher all over again. Uh, no. <laughs> for those who don't know, Joel Schumacher has received death threats for yes. Batman for Batman and Robin, Batman and Forever. Um, just not a good thing, folks. Uh, I understand people do have people are passionate about this, but you don't need to go that far. Although, again, Joel Schumacher is not welcome at Comic Con anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just there were so many things here that were going on. So, uh, we'd we, we like to introduce our moder- moderator today. He's somebody that you may know from Star Trek The Next Generation. He played crewman number two. He said, he said their shields are down, sir. That's me. other roles you might know him from, like Drew Carey or, or the incredible Rex Kwan Do from Napoleon Dynamite. One of the things that I did pick up on, uh, since Mike and I are huge Phineas and Ferb fans, I went to the Phineas and Ferb Star Wars panel, and this was this was actually something pretty interesting. I I wish I had gone out to get signings done after that, but unfortunately, right after that was the quick draw panel that my wife was like dying to see. So I ended up leaving the Phineas and Ferb and going to get going into the quick draw panel instead. Uh, that said, Dan Povenmire was hilarious. He was doing uh, he was doing Doctor Doofenshmirtz quite a bit. <laughs> uh, Swampy kind of did a little bit of major monogram, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did have Allison Stoner and Olivia. Uh, God, not Olson. Thank you. I'm like, all I could think of was Olivia Munn, and I'm like, I know that's not. No, right. it's Olivia Olson. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they were talking about her her role in it, and they had um, uh, they had Vincent Martella there, mm-hmm. and that was kind of interesting because they brought up Vincent Martella being on 
The Walking Dead. And he goes, you know, that was really awesome. He goes, I got to be everything that you wanted to be on. You know, I got to do everything that you wanted to do on The Walking Dead. He goes, I got to, you know, I got to be a human. And then I got to be a zombie. And then I got to die as a zombie. <laughs> He was he was just like so excited. He goes, "Yeah, they shot an arrow into my head and everything." You know, I've been watching Phineas and Ferb Comic Con panels since two thousand nine or ten, and I don't think I think there's only been one time Ferb has ever made an appearance. Yeah, I really wish. Like, I, I know, I, I know they probably want to keep the mystery alive and whatever else, and. You know, we hear Ferb talk every now and then, and I understand why, but I'm really curious. Why not have the two stepbrothers at the panel? I mean, the show is called Phineas and Ferb. It's not called Phineas, Isabella, and and Vanessa. I, you know, it's not that I'm complaining about it. I'm, I'm just curious why. Is it because Swampy and, and, and Dan want to keep the the mystery alive? Of the, you know, Ferb is the Steve McQueen kind of character? Or I don't know what the, de- yeah. the deal is with that. Yeah, I wish I knew. Um, I will say this, though. Oh, my God, Allison Stoner. (laughs) What now? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, she's grown up since uh, the days of uh, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. (laughs) Oh, even before then, Cheaper by the Dozen. She was. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and I made a huge faux pas in front of her last year when I saw them. Jeez, what'd you do? Okay. I go and I see them and I says, and she sees me there and she goes, oh, you know, and she's signing for me and everything. And she goes, so have have you been coming to Comic-Con a long time? Or is this your first time? And I says, I've been coming to Comic-Con for over 23 years, you know, for 22 years at that point. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me and she goes, 22 years. And I go, yes. She goes, I wasn't even alive when you first started coming. <laughs> Open mouth, insert foot. <laughs> yeah. And that right there made me feel old. (laughs) Uh, That and the other thing, I'm going to have to send you a link, Mike, and I'll post it up. Pictures of the Winter Twins. Uh, These are two girls who they started off, I want to say at the age of like 11 or 12. And they started out doing their own books. They wrote their own novels and everything. Yeah. they're they're twin girls and, and to see them they were dressed up in, in previous years as very cute girls and, and you saw them you're kind of like oh wow they look really nice okay mm-hmm. this year they showed up and they had boobs oh lord and i was like just creeped out i i because i mean they looked hot don't yeah. get me wrong but yeah it's 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 kind of like um you know, watching Michelle all your life on Full House and then seeing the two of them all grown up. It's like, that's kind of, I feel kind of creepy now. That's why I love sometimes creeping people out about Scarlett Johansson because she was so young when she did the Horse Whisperer with Robert Redford and look where she's now, where she is now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's, she's, you know, she was born in 84. And yeah. I was like, Jesus, God, I feel old. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're like, shut up. <laughs> oh, this is the God I Feel Old podcast. Yes, I know. Anyway, here, here you go. There's the oh, link, and you Lord. can see them. And they're they're 19 now, but it's like, oh my God, they've grown yeah. up, and you see it, and you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> 
and I felt like a I felt like a perverted you know, creepy guy when I saw them. I'm like, oh no, no, this is ruining it for me. <laughs> you know, because because again, I've seen them grow up going yeah. to Comic Con, and it's just I, yeah. <laughs> so, but they were they were very nice. They were very pleasant to everybody. Uh, you know, just one of those weird things. Mm-hmm. Let's see, but it, it's. To get back to Phineas and Ferb, since I kind of broke off on that, I I did get a chance. They showed us some of the clips actually before the episode aired that night, uh, and they also showed us artwork and a short clip from Act Your Age. Now, for those of you who have no idea what Act Your Age is, this is going to be taking place the the year after they graduate, the the summer of their senior year basically they've graduated high school and they're getting ready to all go off to college and this is Buford and uh, Baljeet Phineas and Ferb all of them are getting ready to go off and in the clip that they showed it shows Baljeet and Buford and Phineas and Ferb all standing around the kitchen and they're talking to each other back and forth and Phineas finds out that Isabella had a huge crush on him and they were like, yeah, duh, where were you? And he goes, and because Phineas goes, you know, I wonder what would have happened had Isabella and I hooked up. And they go, why didn't you? And he's like, well, I didn't think she was really interested in me. And they all just start laughing. Even Buford's like, really? Yeah. Really? You had no clue? <laughs> you know, and, and Baljeet actually just like spells it out and is like, yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um, that reveal in... Uh... Uh, across the second dimension where one of them says um, oh, so in our in our dimension Perry's a secret agent yep oh <laughs> uh, I can't I can't believe that and Buford ch- chimes up and is like yeah but in hindsight it was kind of obvious <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of the second dimension they will be going back they have announced as part of another special that they're going to be doing, that they are going to be returning back to the second dimension so that you can kind of see what happens with Doofenshmirtz being successful there. And he's kind of reforming himself while he's there in the second dimension. So he's no longer this evil badass over there. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with him being so successful. Yes, yes, it will. Uh you know, those are those are some of the things. And again, I'll, I'll play some clips because I did record that. Hopefully the audio came out okay with it. Because uh, I did get a lot of noise picked up from everybody else around me, but I do have that. Uh, we'll put that in there, and then I also have. Uh, I went to the cartoon voices panels, mm-hmm. and these were big things for me. I I love the cartoon voices panel every year. This is something my wife goes to. She loves it. She insists on going to it, even though they have they they basically do the same thing for each panel. And they do one on Saturday, one on Sunday. The the Saturday one, basically they sit down, they talk about what they have to do and some of the some of the downsides to doing the voice acting. And it was really good because they had uh, some people who were in on these panels. They had Fred Tattashore on the panel. They had George, uh, Greg Berger, who I'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, they had... Um, Oh, God, I'm trying to think of who all they had. They actually pulled Bill Farmer out on Sunday to do a little bit of, of Goofy for him. And they they basically talked about one of the downsides. 
some of the stuff they were talking about was things like the video game industry and how they have to read a basically a big ass Bible of lines that they have to go through and they want them to do this all in like eight hours. And these guys are doing it and they're having to scream a certain way for the deaths of some of these video games. You know, you think about all the stuff that you have to sit there and, and when you're playing, they have to create all these different voices for the video games. You hear, oh, okay, we need you to we need you to die like your leg is being broken. Ah! Okay, now we need you to now we need you to die like you're falling off of a cliff. Ah! Yeah. You yeah. know, they have to go through all this stuff. And they were really just putting their energy into it. And they said, they go, you know, we suffer from this. We have to go through this. And if we have to scream for six hours, it kills us. It really hurts our voices. So oh, they were yeah. talking about that. Uh, but then they did. And this is something I got to see the final episode of. They they have done every year. They, they'll pull out a script and it'll either be something like uh, Cinderella or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. They do a very bland basic fairy tale that everybody knows the story to, and you kind of know what's coming, mm-hmm. but they give them free reign on the voices. Yeah. And... That's kind of like that thing I mentioned to you about Emerald city comic con a couple of years ago when they read, uh, uh, star Wars episode four, a new hope. Oh, yes. they that Tara strong is Darth Vader. <laughs> well, yes. Tara strong as bubbles voicing Darth Vader bubbles as Darth Vader from Powerpuff girls. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is this is just as creepy as that. I mean, it's they they Fred Tatashore goes off on a tangent as he he starts doing Donald Duck, and mm-hmm. he starts doing um, as one of the dwarves. He does his Samuel Jackson impression. Say what? <laughs> you just you hear it. Wow. It's hilarious to hear it. So I'll put some clips up of that as well, just so you guys can hear it. And I'll 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 put both some of the, some of the panels from both.
again, I'm not enough time to mark my scripts. <laughs>
eternity. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of Desperate Housewives, the one in Atlanta, the ones not like in the Florida, wherever they are, Georgia, okay? Yeah. And so the evil queen fled. I was looking to her when the dwarves headed home from the mine. <laughs> I hope Snow White has dinner ready. <laughs> yeah. I hope she's making spam and eggs like last Really? 
and so they did, and kissed, and admired the beautiful eyes. What else? Big news that came out. Uh, oh, FXX. I don't know if you heard this. <laughs> Simpsons. They had a huge booth outside of the convention center right next to the Hilton, Bayside uh, Bay Hilton. Mm-hmm. And they had basically the top half of Homer's head. Yep. And you could actually go inside. I didn't get a chance to because the line was outrageously long and it was it was like 95 degrees outside. I was not going to stand in line for this i'm no. sorry uh but i guess that they were showing stuff like upcoming stuff from the simpsons or clips from the simpsons that were going to be shown on fxx and for those who don't know what they're doing for the simpsons is that they're going to be running a simpsons marathon all of the episodes from start yep. to finish in succession they are even including the movie yeah and this all starts kicks off on august 21st on fxx uh, they one of the things they gave out, and my wife and I both have one. It, it was a hilarious, hilarious promotional item. You went through this line, and they had like a carnival game outside, and you had to shoot the water at the car. You know, at carnival games, like if you ever been, and you yeah. shoot water, and it makes this thing go up and down and whatnot. They had those, but what they were doing was they were giving everybody these inflatable donuts. Oh, jeez. Okay, they looked. You know, they look just like a regular Homer donut, like you see mm-hmm. on the cartoons. The reason that they said this is that they said, okay, we want you to take and inflate these on August 21st, put them on your sofa, and place your butt on them for when you sit there so you don't get hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw that, and I just started laughing. I'm like, yes, I have to have this now. <laughs> I had, um, I wish I still had it. I a while a couple of years ago I had a uh, it's not a convention exclusive or anything but it's a duff can but it's a can of with with playing cards in it. Oh. But the duff the duff beer can itself 
basically says all these really funny things like, you know, calories, too many for you to count, and, like, all these weird, funny ingredients, and it, oh, it, it was really, really hilarious. Um, yeah, no, Comic-Con this year was a huge, huge deal, huge success. Like, it seems like this year there was more going on, and I was more involved in trying to find out what was going on than last year. Um and you know the Batman versus Superman stuff. The the, the trailer, lo- the little teaser trailer that they showed looks really cool. I want to really reserve judgment on it until I actually see an official, you know, green screen. You know, this teaser has been approved for all audience because I need I need yeah. high quality. I I can't deal with this this low quality kind of stuff. Um, yeah. uh, you know. What else? Um, the comic stuff that I was looking forward to, that, you know, I was looking forward to that, and that kind of wet, wetted my whistle for the new comics. Um, what else? Uh, TV shows. I don't, was the Big Bang Theory at Comic Con this year? I don't remember well, hearing news about that because uh, <laughs> the last news item I heard was that they don't have a cast. <laughs> and there was actually something that kind of came out of that. Uh, they basically, <laughs> I was going to go. Again, I I showed up there. That was all in Ballroom 20, which is the second biggest hall next to Hall H. Mm-hmm. And the line was outside around the, you know, it was outside underneath the sails. It went down through the convention center, outside, and the snake back and forth. And I'm like, screw this. I'm not waiting that long because there's no chance I'm going to get in. But what they announced, uh, they, they basically had the writers of The Big Bang Theory there. They had Chuck Lorre there. Will Wheaton showed up. And Will Wheaton started asking questions about what happened with the, you know, what was happening with the cast dispute, and they immediately shut the mic off. Mm-hmm. They, there is a dispute going on. What is happening is that they have not actually signed the cast for, the, for their contract for this next year. For, yeah, for season eight, yeah. And the cast wants, basically, they want the money that Friends got for each episode. They want a million bucks an episode. Um, I, I, I really like Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. I really like the cast. They have a great dynamic, but I don't know that they're worth a million dollars an episode. I don't know if the show can continue without this cast though, because right. it's been seven years. All of, if you look at the four guys, the four guys have, you know, grown up so much and and evolved so much in seven years i just don't know if they can continue on the show and and have it the way that not necessarily being stuck in a rut but have it evolve with with new and different characters i mean you might as well just and what's so funny about this whole contract thing now is the damn show was picked up for the 10th you know eight nine and ten Right. So it's like seriously, you're gonna pick it up for for eight, nine, and ten before you even get contracts in place for the cast. Really? Come on now. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of other issues. The cast knows that they've got them over a barrel. What I'm afraid of happening, and I I haven't mentioned this on the show yet, so we haven't covered Dukes of Hazard yet. But there was the Dukes of Hazard that happened. They basically got rid of. Bo and Luke Duke for an entire season and they brought in their cousins Vance and I forget who else they were utterly forgettable Mm -hmm. but because of that it was basically like having you know 
they they just brought him in and said, oh, well, the Cousins are here for the entire season because there's they didn't want to discuss the contract dispute. I'm afraid that something like that is going to happen with the Big Bang Theory. And if that happens, I, that's it. It's done. Yeah, I hope to God not. I really do. I mean, I, I understand that they've been at this for seven years of their lives. And, you know, they, they've made a lot of money over seven years. And, you know, I get that they want to be, you know, they want to earn the money that they're worth. Right. But it's, and honestly, to me, you know, you've got what? Is it mainly just the seven major cast members that are holding out? Pretty, pretty much. much. You know, so it's it's Leonard, Sheldon, Raj, Howard, Penny, Amy, and Bernadette. So it's seven so that's basically seven million dollars per episode. Um Yeah. They've they had the Big Bang Theory Bank in seven years has to have enough money like that they they've it's been so popular they get a popular reception at comic-con every year um you know people buy the dvds people buy the blu-rays people watch the show the show is cbs's number one rated comedy at this point um it's been that way since almost season one i honestly these seven people all have even though i don't like some of them these seven people all have way better personalities than two thirds of the Friends cast, so I would say they're worth the million dollars each per episode. Oh yeah, I mean definitely they they have a charisma, they have everything going on together, and they really do mesh well together. And I I hope that they actually do something and they get it worked out, and that excuse me, Chuck Lorre doesn't decide that he's just going to get rid of them and write them off. It, Come on, you know, look at look at this, Chuck. You've already screwed up one show when you kicked Charlie Sheen out. Now, granted, Charlie oh. Sheen went off on his own, but well, that that was a like this isn't you know Sheldon or Leonard you know doing that with 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 Chuck. But, but here's the thing: like, this is my prediction of how it might go. Is that Leonard and Penny are married? They live in the regular apartment. Sheldon goes away for a year and finds himself and somehow the uh, Penny's old apartment stays kind of open. Maybe Amy moves in there or something or other, and, you know, and Sheldon goes off and does his own self-discovery stuff. And of course, Howard, uh, Howard, Bernadette and Stewart are all fine with, with Howard's mom. Um, and at the end of the season, Sheldon comes back or, you know, something like that where, you know, something where they can still keep the chemistry without really needing to get rid of the cast altogether. Because if, if they get rid of the cast altogether, they might as well just end the damn show, just do a series finale. Yeah. And not recast it. Because I'm telling you, as diehard as I am for this show, I don't think I could see any, like, if they bring in new characters, I mean, they, they've, brought, they, like, they've brought in the parents, they and, and those are fine because they're parents of the main characters. Right. They've brought in... Stewart is kind of like a eighth member of of the team here now, which is fine. Stewart's been there since day one. Um, you know, Will Wheaton, he's been an adversary and whatever else and whatever. Um, yeah. But if they bring in a completely new cast or try to bring, I, the show's not going to have the same appeal. It just no. isn't. And here's the thing: if with with Sheldon going off on his own, um. I, I'm hoping that it does not turn into Laverne and Shirley because 
that happened with one with one season of Laverne and Shirley where they just had uh, <clears throat> excuse me they just had uh, Shirley around they, they uh, Penny Marshall basically was gone for a year yeah and they said that oh she went off to California why they don't know it's it just she took off for a year because she didn't want to be on the show for a year I'm well, I, I think in this case they can write a like. They can write it to where Sheldon, because at the end of the seventh season, all this change was happening around, happening around him. He couldn't deal with it. You know, Leonard made the or Leonard or Penny made the suggestion of, oh, well, Penny and I can live here, and you can live in her apartment. And he's he's just like, what? That's not how it's. I think Sheldon, if they do what I'm thinking or what I would like to see them do, if he goes off, you know, maybe he'll check in via video, like. He and Amy do video messaging all the time. They do Skype all the time. So I'm yeah. sure, like, like they could have, like, if if Jim Parsons just wanted to come back as a cameo for one season, uh, you know, they could pay him whatever they pay him, and you know, he could be on video chats and and you know, text me- you know, text messages and whatever else, and he would be off really trying to find himself and really trying to get past his like set in stone thing of how he likes the way he likes things. And he has to, right. you know, he's, he's learning about the world that that would be kind of the thing that I would hope they would do with season eight. Honestly, I hope the entire cast comes back as much as I don't really care for Sheldon's character. There have been times where he, his character has grown enough to where I, I kind of like him, but he's still annoying as fuck. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, I, I hope the contracts get, you know, settled soon because they announced that season eight was supposed to start October 31st. So it may be late folks. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so with that, we're going to get off of the big bang theory podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, 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 it, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we will definitely have to come back and cover the big bang theory at some point on the show. Because yeah. it's it's just too good a show to pass up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're, they're Comic-Con this year. I was happy with it, but I was also very saddened to see a lot of the changes that came about. And I'm hoping that next year, because Comic-Con only has a... They only have another two years with contracted for San Diego. And there's a lot of things that are possibly changing here. There's rumors that they want to move it to Vegas, which... God Vegas, help me. baby. God help me. No, <laughs> I don't want to have to go here. Here's my, here's my argument against this. Okay. Do you want to be a cosplayer, a costume person dressing up in costume, walking around Vegas in 115 degree heat? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and that right there is my argument for why not Vegas. Uh, also, you've got the hotels are going to be jacked up the price. People bring their kids to Comic-Con. There's a lot of kids stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Vegas is not a city for kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. That's that's funny. That's so. funny you mentioned that because all I can think of is Jeff Dunham and Walter. Um, Vegas is fun. You know, families go to Vegas all the time. And Walter's like, that's right. Come on, Mommy, let's go to Vegas because kids love whores. <laughs> Well, and sadly enough, there there actually was a lot of discussion about that this year because there were 
there is a group that's going around and they've raised 2,500 signatures. And I'm kind of like, really? 2,500 out of 130,000 people. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's look at the numbers there for just a second. But they are upset over the fact that women are being objectified and used as booth babes there. Um, hello, have you guys seen what it is? Have you seen the way that the women are dressing? I will post up the Wonder, the Winter Twins pictures so that everybody can see it. These girls have grown up, and I'm not entirely happy with how they're dressing, but that's their choice. They're doing yep. it to get people to look at them. Okay, you don't want people to look at you like that. Don't dress that way. Bottom line. I understand. You know, you want to look good, but you're dressing to attract attention. I have issues with that. Oh, God, I I have I have such a bad image in my head and I don't know if I want to say it. Go ahead. If you want to be conservative, draw a red dot on your forehead and cover your face. (laughs) Okay, sums it up pretty much right there. (laughs) You know, I mean, just just accept it for what it is, folks. People are going here. Obviously, they are wanting to look this way because they are dressing up in costume. Uh, They want to look like their favorite comic book character. They want to look like their favorite movie character. Uh, You know, I saw people walking around like Princess, uh, like cast from Princess Bride. I saw people walking around lots of Lokis, lots of Lokis. And the other thing that I saw, the big costume of the year, uh, was Elsa from Frozen, and well, <sighs> I don't know how I don't know how you can. Uh, I'm sure people can pull this off, but I honestly don't know how you can uh, scant you do a scantily clad version of Elsa and not come off as being creepy. Yeah, um, that's just not a character that needs a scantily clad version. As far as the now. The Booth Babes in general, is that something San Diego started on its own, or is that something that Booths just started? How did the whole thing of Booth Babes start? Well, actually, believe it or not, it started back with CES. Oh, jeez. Yeah, CES wow. had all these had all these hot-looking women, you know, the big boobs type thing, tight shirts, walking around to try and bring people in. Sex sells, That's let's mm. be honest. But the fact that you have that going on here... And they are hiring models to come out there and, and stand there in front of their booths here at Comic-Con. They look just like, you know, they tell them, hey, we want you to look like Wonder Woman. They want you to look like, you know, uh, Power Girl. They want you to look like Miss Marvel. You know, they want these women to dress up as the comic book characters. Um, and they do. They pull it off pretty well. But you see people, and the people that are walking around taking pictures of it, are very respectful from what I've seen. It, it was always, excuse me, can I take your picture? You look awesome. And people, mm. they would stop. People would stop and be like, yeah, go ahead. That was, you know, that's another bone of contention with me just because they would always stop in the middle of the fucking aisle rather than stepping yeah. to the side. But, stepping to the side, yeah. You know. Um, you know, something like Power Girl I can see might be a little too scantily clad because her, her costume basically explodes her boobs out of her chest and it depends on what what a woman's yeah. chest size is, whoever's going to cosplay that character. But like Wonder Woman, Batgirl, um, Catwoman, unless you're going in a bikini as these characters, <laughs> there's no way that you can really, I, I mean, you know, Catwoman, I guess you could, you know, wear, you know, skin tight leather. Oh. Cat suit, etc., etc., etc. There was a woman who I saw this year who was dressed up as the Catwoman from Arkham City. 
<laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I don't. I'm not staying against scantily clad costumes. I'm just saying, like, for the comic book characters, uh, unless you're going for a non-traditional look and you just want to. I don't really want to use this term, but I'm going to have to anyway. Unless you just want to whore yourself out, uh, yeah, sure, put on a you know a, a, a bikini and a thong and, and pretend to be Batgirl. But you know, generally the cosplayers that I see going to these cons and that I see, you know, I I watch I, I, when I can catch it. I watch that show on uh, Sci-Fi, our uh, Heroes of Cosplay, and uh, you know, they do really cool costumes. Some are sexy, some are not, you know, but they don't, you know, they're not, a lot of the women that I see going to San Diego are not, or any of the other conventions around, around the country are not just going because they want to cosplay as sexy, this sexy, that, um, and it just depends on the, on, on the person, I guess. And it depends on what they want to use as a costume. Oh yeah. And to get back to my point about Elsa, because I, I don't want people to think that there were a lot of slutty-looking Elsas. There were, there were a lot of good-looking Elsas. I mean, they, they had the dress down. They had the hair down. And a lot of them were drop-dead gorgeous. I will say that straight up. I will be honest on that. They looked damn good. But then again, they looked... A lot of them looked just like Elsa from the movie. When you looked at it, you went, Oh, shit. That, they're spot on. And they mm-hmm. looked good. They weren't, they weren't, you know, obscenely done. Yeah, I did see a couple of slutty, you know, slutty Disney princesses. I saw the Snow White with the short skirt and the thigh-high boots. Yeah, you know. see, no, that's not like... <sighs> Some people just don't understand cosplay. Yeah, and... Some of it was fun. I, I understand that. You know, there were some fun outfits that I saw where they did mashups. There were there were quite a few mashups that I saw this year or gender change roles. Um, I saw a couple that was walking around. The guy was dressed as Princess Leia. The girl was dressed as Han Solo. And it was just, they did it as a joke. And when you saw it, you realized that's exactly what it was because it was done. She was dressed sexy. He was dressed like he was trying to be sexy. And he hadn't shaved his legs. He had a beard going on. It, it, it just looked funny. That's all it was. That You couldn't look at it and not laugh. Uh, right. You know, the, the girl I saw dressed as Loki, she looked good. I saw a hawk girl that was, she was awesome, the hawk girl that I saw. Not, and, and the thing was is that she wasn't showing off skin. She just looked, she had the outfit down. She had the giant wings. She had the helmet on. It looked perfect. You know, but some of them you see where it's just like, okay, look, you're, I know you're dressed as poison ivy, but could you please make sure that you put a little bit more ivy on to cover (laughs) you? My kids are here type thing, you know? That's the thing. Comic-Con needs to decide whether they want to be a all ages convention or if they want to be solely for adults. Now, I personally, if I had kids and I wanted to go to Comic-Con, I would get a babysitter for my kids because I, there's, with the horror stories I've heard about lines and waiting and, and just trying to make it around the convention, there's no way in hell I'm bringing little kids to, you know, and I, what I mean, when I mean little kids, I mean like four, five, six, seven-year-olds, there's no way in hell I would bring them to San Diego. Right. There's no way. Um, 
when it comes to the costumes, I actually, I'm going to send you a link after the show to put on, on the page here. I actually interviewed Mad Mel Madigan. She is a cosplayer. Uh, she does Black Cat, Poison Ivy. She has done her own version of, you know, Spider-Man. She's done Mary Jane in Spidey costume kind of thing. And I asked her, I said, do you, you know, when, when you approach doing a costume, does it matter if it's a male or female character? And she said, no. It really yeah. doesn't. Uh, you know, it, it depends on if I think I can pull it off more so than whether it's a male or a female. Um, I've seen some gender-bending costumes from some cosplayers that, you know, like some... I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, I don't want to use Nightwing because I usually like a lot of the female Nightwings that, that, that do well, that because they pull it off really well. Here, um, I'll, I'll say it. I, I saw... I did not get a picture this year, but I saw the fat guy dressed as Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh no, 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 that's the, the like that's the thing. This is kind of getting into that whole two way street. What's good for women, not necessarily as good for men, and vice versa. You know, right. it, it's like women can get away with a million things, men can't, kind of thing. And I'm not trying to get into whole philosophical debate about that, but it's right. one of those things where cosplaying is a one way street. If you're a female. It's fine to do male roles because you can pull it off. But if right. you're a male, especially if you're an overweight male like me, you should not be trying to do female costumes at all. That 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 just, I don't know, that just kind of... And here's, again, as, as I stated before, here's where I will say that it's okay to do some of those. And it's mainly... Like if you're doing the, the the guy who's dressed as Leia and he had the shit, you know, he had the unshaved legs, the hairy legs sticking out and he had, you know, he stuffed his he stuffed his bra pretty obviously so you could see it. And he was dressed as the Princess Leia that you see in Star Wars at the very beginning. He did not try to pull off a slave Leia, thank God. But, you know, you see that. That to me is OK, you know, because it's done, but you have to be with somebody else to pull it off. Just going yeah. by yourself, it looks really weird and awkward. And creepy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, what was your favorite moment from Comic-Con? For me, this is this is my favorite moment. I, I got to meet the voice of Grimlock, Greg Berger. <laughs> uh, I paid for an autograph. I paid 20 bucks for an autograph from Greg Berger. But he <laughs> was the nicest person. I met while I was there. He talked to me for about 10 minutes. There was nobody else around wanting to talk to him. And I, I talked to him about being corn fed. I, you know, my wife is standing there and she's like, Oh my God, you are such a geek. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And Greg was like, he goes, Oh my God, you are a fan. You are a true fan. Right. And I'm talking to him. I says, you know, I, I, I remember seeing you as, as generation one Grimlock. And I was bummed to see Grimlock showing up in age of extinction. And you were not the voice. They didn't want to use you. And he goes, yeah, I, he goes, I don't know why. He goes, Peter was trying to talk me in, trying to get me in there for it, and Mr. Bay just didn't want to do it. He goes, I don't know what it was. He goes, I'm not going to speak ill of the man because who knows, he may cast me later. <laughs> Which, yeah. I get that. I get that. You know, obviously, these voice actors are working to try and do that. But right. he, he spent about 10, you know, 10 minutes talking to me just about the voice acting that he's done. And yeah. he was nice enough. He goes, here, hold on a second. He gave me a second signature with Grimlock, and he signed it, me Grimlock, 
you know, to Doug mean Grimlock. And I'm going to have that put up on my wall here in my little <laughs> geek area. So it was, it was nice. And, you know, my wife was just like, she goes, Oh my God. Oh my God. She goes, I can't believe this. And, and she's like, here, give me your card. Give me your card. Cause I had some cards for the podcast and I was handing them out, you know, and she's like, give yeah. me your card, give me your card. Okay. Here, here, Mr. Berger, would you like to have my card for my podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and of course I felt like really stupid, but you know, so what? But he was, he was so nice and so genuine and I really can't say that enough. And the one funny thing about this all was that I had been posting on Facebook, you know, and mentioning Greg in a few things. And he sees my name when he starts writing it out and he goes, Doug Abel. Oh, I've seen you on Facebook. You're the guy who says, who, who says that he's all in, into me and who knows where, where I'm at and that you were coming to see me at the booth here. And I go, yeah, that was me. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I haven't seen you a lot. Of, you post a lot of stuff on Facebook, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, no, that's fine. He goes, I, I find some of your stuff really funny. <laughs> cool. Greg Berger reads my feeds. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that was my, that was my one big thing. And I enjoyed that more than anything else. You know, that and bumping into Dan Povenmire on Saturday, we were walking by Homer's, Homer's booth and I actually saw him outside of the convention and I, I said hi to him. He's like, hi, you know, and he just walked by and that was about it. So, but they're, the voice actors are genuinely nice people. I loved it. (laughs) So, uh, I think we're going to go ahead here because we're, we're about an hour now and this is going to be a long ass episode with all the clips I'm going to put in. So I apologize in advance, folks. (laughs) Uh, we'll go ahead and polish this off here. Mike, I know you've got some stuff that you wanted to talk about for GeekCast Radio. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. Head on over to geekcastradio.com. For the pull bag coming up in August, it's going to be all Turtles, all Transformers coverage this month. Um, so there's that. Um, but yeah, just head over to geekcastradio.com. You can find all the other stuff over there. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, Mike, we're going to go ahead and close off here. Uh, thank you thank you again for being on the episode here with us. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up here at the tail end here. Uh, oh, we've got coming up next week. We've already discussed this. Mike and I have. We are going to be doing Cocktail, the Tom Cruise movie. Um, I still haven't seen it, but I have it, and I'm going to sit down and watch it with the wife tonight. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I I am actually kind of looking forward to seeing Elizabeth Elizabeth Shue in a younger version here. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll sign off here. 